So welcome to The Deeper You Go, The Weirder It Gets. I'm your host, Garrett Rennan. So this is episode 29, The Principle of Gender, which is principle number 7 of the 7 Hermetic Principles. So that means we've made it, finally, right? This is the last principle. So the principle of gender states that gender is in everything. Everything has its masculine and feminine principles. Gender manifests on all planes. So this principle... Like all the others, and you're probably and you can probably guess what I'm going to say is interesting. However, one of the reasons this particular principle is interesting is because unlike the other principles, the word gender has become a trigger word. This means that just uttering this word can make people feel uncomfortable or even offended. Because of this, the idea of gender and what it represents is rarely or rationally discussed. Now, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but it's worth noting that the fact that this word has become a trigger word, the fact that it brings up so many negative emotions for people reflects poorly not only on our society, but it also holds us back individually. Our society and culture has, for whatever reason, lost touch with gender. More specifically, we have lost touch with what the masculine and feminine principles represent. And as a result, just uttering these words more often than not causes us to get upset and fight with each other. So the obvious question is how or why did this happen? Why can you no longer say masculine, feminine, or even gender without making someone feel very uncomfortable? Well, maybe it's part of the plan. Okay, so I'm not saying there is, but if there was a grand conspiracy led by the ruling class designed to keep us down, to keep us plugged into the matrix, to prevent us from achieving our highest potential... One of the best ways to implement this plan would be to make us fight and argue with each other. Just think about it. How do the few control the many? How does 1% of the population control control 99% of the population? Well, it's by separating us, the 99% into groups, and influencing our behavior so that we fight with each other. This is done by accentuating our differences while simultaneously blinding us to our similarities. The truth is, we, the 99%, are more similar than we are different. However, we have been manipulated by our society into believing the opposite. By pointing out small differences such as race, gender, political, and cultural beliefs, we have been brainwashed into believing that someone that doesn't look like you, act like you, vote like you, think like you, or live where you live is your enemy. Just look at our society today. We have never been more separate. The Democrats and Republicans hate each other. The anti-maskers slash anti-vaxxers hate the mask and vaccine pushers. We have vegans versus meat eaters. We got Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter. Antifa versus the alt-right. Abortion, gun control, social justice, racism, you name it. The list goes on and on and on. And no matter the topic, we have been coerced into believing that we must draw a line in the sand and pick a side. 
And then once you choose your side, you have been conditioned to close your mind and look down with pity and even disgust on the people who represent the other side. So much so, we have all seen and even experienced friendships ruined over just a difference of opinion. And these ruined friendships are not the result of an honest and open discussion about a particular topic. Instead, it's most likely the result of each person yelling at each other while being completely closed-minded about the other person's point of view. How do I know? Well, because if you've because if if you have ever truly had an honest and open discussion, and the key words there being honest and open. So if you've ever truly had an honest and open discussion about, let's say, politics, race, Donald Trump, COVID, Joe Biden, gun control, vaccine passports, or even gender, then you know that most people agree more than they disagree. Sure, Not everyone is going to agree with you about everything, nor should they, because you don't know everything. You haven't figured it all out. None of us have. have, We've talked about this in the last episode, but the truth is most of your beliefs and views about the world are not really your own thoughts. Instead, they they are a product of your environmental upbringing. If you grew up in a poor, broken-down house opposed to growing up in the suburbs, you would see and experience the world completely different. This is where the expression, walk a mile in my shoes, comes from. Because the idea is that if you had a completely different life, you would be a different person with different beliefs, ideas, and a completely different understanding of the world. If you're arguing with someone on social media about COVID, about the efficacy of the lockdown, if you were able to switch places with them, if you walked a mile in their shoes and they walked a mile in yours, more often than not, there's a good chance that your opinion on the topic might change. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Who really knows? But, but the point is that if you actually made the effort to have an open and honest discussion all while making an attempt to understand the other person's point of view, at the very least, your level of understanding the situation would increase. This is critical because the more you understand the big picture, the more conscious you become and the more... So I'm going to say that again. So if And this is critical because the more... The more you understand the big picture, the more conscious you become. And the more conscious you become, the more control you start to gain over your life. Remember, this is what alchemy is all about. It's about expanding your awareness, your perspective, your consciousness, so that you may gain control over your mind. And this is crucial for your development because the more control you gain over your mind, the greater your ability becomes to change your thoughts. And as your ability to change your thoughts increases, the more power you have to change your initial programming. And that's the key because once you have the ability to change your initial programming, you can begin to make real changes. You now have the opportunity to truly become a better person. You either control your mind or it controls you, as the author of Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill said. So again, alchemy is about controlling your mind, and the main way to gain control over your mind is to expand your awareness. And the best way to expand your awareness is to step outside of your comfort zone, which means 
in this case, having the hard or triggering conversations with an open and accepting mind. It's extremely important for your personal growth. This is why Aristotle said, it is the mark of an, of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. So let me say that again, because it's such a beautiful quote. It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Because the truth is, you can't consider yourself an educated person if you are unable to look at the other side with an open mind. Again, key word, open. The reality is, doing this is easier said than done. And the truth is that most people that think they are open-minded are in fact far from it. Anyway, with all that being said, if the word gender triggers you, I urge you to listen with an open mind because this is an important topic, not only for us individually, but also collectively as humans. And also this topic of gender is not what you think it is. Okay, so the principle of gender. Well, first things first, what is meant by gender? Well, according to the Kabbalion, gender is not just about sex, meaning it's, it's not just about the physical distinctions between male and female living things. Sex is merely a manifestation of gender on a certain plane of the great physical plane, the plane of organic life, male sex organs and female sex organs. So in other words, the book makes it clear that gender is much deeper than sexual organs. Yes, male and female sex organs are physical manifestations of gender, but as we all know, there are many planes of existence, such as the physical, mental, and spiritual planes. So while sexual organs are a physical representation of gender, gender is also represented on the mental and spiritual planes. And as the Kabbalion suggests, just because someone has a certain physical characteristics, such as male or female sex organs, their mental or spiritual genders may not match. Anyway, to understand gender, we must look at its root meaning. The word gender is derived from the Latin root meaning to beget, to procreate, to generate, to create, to produce. So, in other words, when you break the word down to its core meaning, gender is not about sexual differences, it's about creation. And that's exactly what gender represents in the alchemical world. It's the process of creation by way of masculine and feminine energies. In other words, there is a universal creative force that exists, which is responsible for the creation of, well, everything. And this creative force has two poles or opposite ends of the spectrum. Now, does that sound familiar? Remember the principle of polarity? Everything is dual, everything has poles, everything has its pair of opposites, like and unlike are the same, opposites are identical in nature but different in degree. Well, this universal creative force also has poles or opposite ends of the spectrum represented by the masculine and feminine. This means that masculine and feminine energies are essentially the same thing, just expressed as different vibrations. They are two sides of the same coin. They are equal and opposite. Just as one day is expressed by both night and day, the sun and the moon, or as temperatures expressed by hot and cold, creation is, is expressed by masculine and feminine energies. And this can be seen everywhere on the physical plane. 
There is the obvious, which is the creation of new life, be it a baby, a puppy, or a flower. All life is created by the union of the masculine and feminine. But what about non-living, or at least what appear to be non-living objects? Are these also products of masculine and feminine energies? Well, according to science, matter, which is anything that has mass and takes up space, is composed of atoms. Atoms are considered to be the building blocks of all matter. And atoms, when described in it in the simplest of terms, are composed of electrons, protons, and neutrons. Well, protons have a positive energy. Electrons, a negative energy. And neutrons are neutral. So when protons, electrons, and neutrons come together, an atom is created. In other words, all matter is created by the union of positive and negative energies. Positive and negative energies are the names science has decided to use instead of masculine and feminine. What science calls positive energies have the exact same characteristics of what the alchemists call masculine. Likewise, negative energies have the exact same qualities as feminine energies. So, quick side note. So at the beginning of this episode, I talked about the idea of a grand conspiracy where the intention is to keep us separated. Well, science choosing to name the creation energies positive and negative instead of masculine and feminine or even yin and yang is really interesting because words matter. In case in point, the term positive assumes something is good while the term negative assumes something is bad. As you can imagine, no good can come from associating feminine qualities to a negative energy. And I believe this is one of the major reasons the word gender has become such a trigger word, because using the words positive and negative can lead one to believe that masculine energies and qualities are better than feminine energies and qualities. Who knows if science chose these names on purpose, but It is easy to see how these names and the qualities they are associated with can lead to false beliefs or incorrect assumptions. The reality is that feminine energy and qualities are not negative at all. In fact, it is the feminine that actually gives birth to new creation. See, on the physical plane, creation works the same, be it the creation of new animals, plants, or atoms. Masculine energy directs or sorry, the masculine directs a specific energy toward its feminine counterpart, and the feminine then gives birth to a new creation. Both energies are necessary for creation. Neither one is positive nor negative. They are both, reco- they are both required, and they both play equal roles. So one way to overcome the grand conspiracy of keeping us separated and constantly fighting with each other is to understand that masculine and feminine energies are not enemies, that the qualities of one are not better than the other. Because the truth is, in the natural world, masculine and feminine energies do, don't compete with each other. They complement each other. Okay, so that was kind of a general overview of how gender works on the physical plane. Now let's look at how gender operates on the mental plane because the mental plane is where true alchemy takes place. So to understand how the principle of gender works on the mental plane, we must understand that our mind is dual. Remember, everything is dual. Everything has its polar opposite and our mind is no different. 
Our mind is composed of two parts or opposite ends of the spectrum. These parts are the conscious and subconscious minds. The masculine principle corresponds to the conscious mind and the feminine principle corresponds to the subconscious mind. This idea of dual mind can be taken a bit further with the concepts of I and me. According to the Kabbalion, there is a dual aspect in the mind of every person. The I represents the masculine principle of mental gender. The me represents the female principle. The I represents the aspect of being. The me, the aspect of becoming. This means that your non-physical self is composed of two versions of you, the I and the me. The I corresponds to your conscious mind, and the me corresponds to your subconscious mind. So the I is your awareness. It's the part of you that's outside of everything. It's the observer. You could even say it's your true self not bound by anything. Whereas the me is the part of yourself that everyone sees and interacts with. It's your persona, your body, your emotions, feelings, habits, qualities, and characteristics. And remember, 90 to 95% of your total mind is operated by the subconscious or feminine principle. This means that the me, your outward projection of yourself, is born in the subconscious or feminine part of your mind. Or in other words, your subconscious is considered to be your mental womb. It's where your emotions, feelings, habits, qualities, and characteristics are manifested into reality. So if you remember how gender works on the physical plane where the masculine directs a specific energy towards its feminine counterpart, and the feminine then gives birth to new creation? Well, as above, so below, or as below, so above. It works exactly the same way on the mental plane. According to the Kabbalion, the tendency of the feminine principle is always in the direction of receiving impressions, while the tendency of the masculine principle is always in the direction of giving out or expressing. This means that on the mental plane, the conscious mind, the masculine directs energy in the form of instructions and intentions toward the subconscious mind, the feminine, where it is transformed into reality. And one way to understand how this energy transfer works is to look at a concept known as the four stages of learning. Okay, so imagine you are starting a new skill. Let's say you want to learn jujitsu or guitar or a new language, or maybe you want to start an entirely new career path. Whatever it is, the idea is in order to go from a complete beginner to a master, you must go through four stages of learning. And when you start your new journey, you are a complete beginner, which means you are in stage one. And stage one is called unconscious incompetence. So this so unconscious incompetent incompetence means you don't yet know what it is that you don't know. Everything in front of you is foreign territory. In other words, you are unaware that you are unaware. At this stage in your journey, your masculine and feminine energies haven't really been activated because the learning process hasn't even started yet. So after stage one, obviously we go to stage two, which is called conscious incompetence. So conscious incompetence means you start to become aware of what it is that you don't know. This is also the stage where you get a reality check and realize that the journey is going to be much harder than anticipated. 
But stage two represents your masculine mind, your conscious mind, or your I becoming aware of your inadequacies. And so you are now aware that you are unaware. After stage two, we go to stage three, which is called conscious competence. At this stage, you start to become fairly good at this new venture, but you have to really focus and really think about what it is that you're doing. In other words, you are good at what you do and you have a decent amount of knowledge. However, it is not yet second nature. In this stage, you are now aware that you are aware. So stage three represents the conscious masculine mind directing energy toward the subconscious feminine mind. This is the stage where the masculine and feminine energies begin working in harmony. So after spending a long time in stage three, you finally reach stage four, which is called unconscious competence. This is the stage of mastery. You no longer have to think about what you are doing. Your new skill has become second nature. It is now automatic. Stage four represents the feminine mind giving birth to your new reality. Over the course of this journey, you started as a complete beginner, not knowing anything about anything, and now you are a master. This new skill has become a part of who you are. Stage four represents the moment your feminine, your feminine has given birth to a better version of yourself. So it takes both masculine and feminine energies to create anything and everything. The masculine provides vision and consistent awareness and the feminine does the actual creation work. The feminine manifests the vision into reality. This is why it's so important for you to find balance and harmony between your own masculine and feminine energies. This is how you begin to take control over your life. But believe it or not, it goes even deeper than that. According to the Gabalian, without the active aid of the will of the masculine principle, the feminine principle is apt to rest content with generating mental images, which are the result of impressions received from outside instead of producing original mental creations. All right, so this is, this is big. So in other words, if your masculine and feminine principles don't work with each other, your feminine subconscious mind will be controlled by someone else. So remember that Napoleon Hill quote from earlier, the you either control your mind or it controls you. Well, what this means and what Napoleon Hill should have said was you either control your mind or someone else will. And this is extremely important to understand, as you can imagine. And we know this to be true. Just look around. Most everyone you know is being controlled by outside influences. We talked about it earlier. Why do you think most people are so easily influenced? Why are most people closed-minded? Why are we so easily divided into groups and persuaded to fight with each other? The truth is, we are divided because most people haven't had an original thought in years. The majority of people just regurgitate talking points they hear in the media. Their opinions, attitudes, and beliefs are simply a product of outside influences. This is why most people are still trapped in the matrix because they don't do the work necessary to master their mind. Again, studying the mind is what alchemy is all about because our mind is the key to our reality. And the more we understand about our mind, the more we are able to control. 
And the more we can control our mind, the more we are able to influence our reality and our destiny. However, as we just learned, if you don't make an effort to become your own master, you will be at the mercy of others. So to bring this back around, the principle of gender is not about sex. It's, it's about the process of mastering your mind in order to become the master of your own fate. So with that in mind, instead of being triggered by gender, I urge you to take the power back and explore your own masculine and feminine qualities with an open mind. Remember, gender exists on all planes of existence. So ask yourself, what does it mean to be masculine? What does it mean to be feminine? What masculine qualities do you possess? What feminine qualities do you possess? How do you embrace these qualities so that you may find balance and harmony within yourself? Because the truth is, no one is 100% masculine or 100% feminine. We all have our own unique blend of masculine and feminine energies. So embrace your masculine qualities, embrace your feminine qualities, and find harmony and balance within yourself. Because once you understand how your own unique balance of of creation energies work, Because once you understand how your own unique balance of creation energies work together, you will, as they say in the Kabbalion, receive the keys to the universe. And that's it. See you on the other side.